Hello and welcome to the Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am Ray from the House of Zod, and with me tonight is a very special guest. I finally have gotten rid of Connor L from the House of L. We reign supreme, and my fellow Zodonian is DJ Nick. DJ Nick, welcome. Welcome to uh, to this fine mud ball that is Krypton. Hey, Ray. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. Really, really been looking forward to it and to discuss so, you know, one of my favorite DC superheroes. And yes, I would, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts here. Nick, uh, most likely you know more than me. I like to play the underdog card a little. As listeners know, Connor typically is the super fan. I am a newbie. I'm kind of, this is a journey for me, understanding and learning more of Superman. But I'm so glad to have invited you on, Nick, because I do know that you are a big fan. uh, And I know that you can bring a lot to the table. So uh, a bit welcome. But before we get into any of that, though, um, you may have heard DJ Nick. Uh, He is an in Oh my gosh, you are a workaholic, Nick. <laughs> a man around the traps with uh, with the podcast. Um, some may know of Nick from Happiness in Darkness, a superhero movie podcast. Also as well, Gold Standard, all to, all to do with, uh, I guess, the, the big movies that have won the Oscars. Um, Correct, yep. As well as, uh, Nick, you also uh, co-host on things such as Titan Talk and Fandom Zone. Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a tease as to all these shows that you do? Well, well, first off, thank you so much, you know, for for, for name-checking all of those, Ray. I really appreciate it because I know that whenever I'm invited onto a podcast, I'm like, folks have to take a deep breath when they're kind of going through my <laughs> resume, and I do apologize for that. Um, but yeah, you know, originally, I, you know, as a day job, I, I basically talk for my day job because I actually host a whiskey and cigarettes show, which is a country music radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I have to talk about country music pretty much throughout the week, as much as I love it, it can get a little bit, um, you know, monothematic let's say so in order to kind of feed the inner geek in me i decided to to venture into the world of podcasting and yes indeed as you mentioned we have been doing now happiness and darkness for about i think it's almost been a year now we're on to like 60 plus episodes and looking forward to having you back on there you know we always have a yeah. great time when you join us That's a lot of and fun. so yeah yeah, well, you know, you're, you're a wonderful, wonderful co-host. So it's always great to have you on. Um, when it comes to Gold Standard, well, you know, I recently started that with two great friends of mine, Rachel Friend and Zan Sprouse. And like you mentioned, we basically go through all the Oscars that won the movie for Best Picture. We started way back with 1927's Wings and then making our way through these these insane, insane movies. I believe we're right on the cusp of the 40s now. So it's, wow. uh, it's definitely quite, quite a fun journey. And, um, you know, and I'm learning so much because I think, you know, superheroes, movies are all fine and well but i think one should um try all the meats in the in the visual stew if you will (laughs) because because i think you know also you get to actually see where certain influences come from when it it comes to superhero movies Mm -hmm. and i think it's good i think to enjoy popcorn fare and maybe and maybe higher brow entertainment at the same time as well as i think you know talking about comics which we will be doing here shortly I think it's good to read, you know, good, you know, should we say, 
those very highbrow books and also enjoy comics as well because I think one cannot only live on comics alone. I think it's good to read other stuff too, mm. you know, just but also to break the break the habit, if you will. So yeah, Gold Standard we're having a great time on. And yeah, as you mentioned, uh, big shout out to my co-host Charles Skaggs for Titan Talk and the Fandom Zone. We recently talked the second season of Doom Patrol, which I absolutely loved. Oh, nice. And we're currently and we're currently discussing the second season of The Boys on um, Fandom Zone. So it's it's great. I mean, I know he's a New Zealander and he's not an Australian like you, Ray, but I'm sure you're very familiar with Carl Urban's work. Of yes. Course. Oh, no, definitely. And I always have to have a little chuckle to myself, Nick, because whenever anyone, not only you, mentions the title The Boys, um, my mum, look, I come from uh, Filipino stock, Filipino background, mm-hmm. and my mum loves uh, The Voice, you, you know, the uh, the singing kind of show on of course. TV. Uh, but she always pronounces it Du Bois. Uh, it's, a, it's a very <laughs> Filipino-accented thing. So whenever anyone says the boys, I just hear a Filipino-accented the voice. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I actually am curious. Are you a fan of the, either the boys or Doom Patrol? Uh, a big fan of, of the boys. Yes, I, I very much am behind in my TV viewing. Although recently mm. I... I made a concerted effort to to come up to speed with The Mandalorian, so I'm up to date with that. That's one of the few series I'm up to date with. Um, I am about halfway through The Boys. I, I love that. Loved season one, love season two. Doom Patrol, I've heard great things about. It has been on my list for a long time. Unfortunately, I haven't watched season one yet or, you know, mm. even broken into season two, but I very much do want to, like... Uh, Again, this podcast is the DC side of me, and I I really want to get into like you know the Swamp Thing. Um, uh, also, I have watched uh, is it Teen Titans? Teen Titans? Teen Titans? Yeah, which Titans. is one of the things we talk about on Titan Talk, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, definitely, and that's that's gone um, great guns. So uh, I've been enjoying that, but all the other um, the other DC related shows, uh, I really do. I really do enjoy. I, I stopped there a little, Nick, because um, the CW shows maybe not so much. Although you know, it's a different sort of thing, isn't it? It's uh, it's got a True. different flavour to it. Uh, not to say that I hate it. It's just that it's not my thing. Uh, but yeah, definitely Swamp Thing. Um, yeah, uh, and, and that was Doom, fantastic. Doom yeah, I've heard, I've heard, and they want to get that back. So um, they do because apparently the big problem was the budget. They, they were way over budget. You know, when you do get to mm. actually watch it, you'll see why because it is spectacular. Wow. And apparently they they overspent, which probably explains why it's such a great show. <laughs> you know, for the special effects and what have you. But it's going to be interesting, I think, now that the Arrowverse, if you will, will soon almost cease to be because arrows over the flash mm. is coming towards the end of its run no pun intended supergirl <laughs> supergirl yes. is also coming to a close yes. we'll be having you know the, the um clark and lois uh, yes. show coming up but it seems like everything's transitioning to hbo and apparently those are going to be really i'm sure they're going to be amazing shows because we know that hbo is almost a safe bet when it comes to tv shows i'm really looking forward to the green lantern tv show oh yeah yeah. It's about time we got a decent Green Lantern show. So I'm yeah. thinking HBO will probably do a good job of it. I think this is as good a time as any, Nick, to ask you, um, sure. what, are your, what are your thoughts on Clark and Lois, the upcoming show? Are you And being a Superman fan, are you, are you looking forward to it? Actually, what are your thoughts on their latest iteration of Superman in Tyler Hoochland? 
Well, when it comes to him, you know, I think he's actually actually does a decent job as as Superman. To be honest, it's I think it's always tough because we've had some incredible actors mm-hmm. play our Man of Steel, from George Reeves, who I actually enjoyed way back when. Granted, I wasn't alive when George Reeves was around, but I actually got to watch the the Superman TV show with George Reeves. Was mm-hmm. a big fan of the Christopher Reeve movies. Naturally, mm-hmm. also enjoy Henry Cavill, who I think is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think I think they do a good job with this with this new on screen Superman. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of um, this Superman come into his own, if you will, with his own show, mm-hmm. because it's been a while. Heck, I was a huge fan of Smallville, and uh, which mm-hmm. which of course uh, I think was pretty much the show that kind of started it all, if you will. Yes. It was kind of like it kind of. I think paved the way. I think if we ha- even got an Arrowverse, it was because of shows like Smallville. Yep. So I'm really, really looking forward to this for sure. I mean, I, I love all the Supermen, regardless of you know how hokey or not, or maybe not particularly true to the comics, because it's just the character. I think was just fantastic. I mean, you and I actually briefly talked about this some time ago, I believe, when it came to Henry Cavill. Yes. I know there are a lot of folks who are not Cavill fans because they feel he doesn't embrace what the character of Superman is compared mm. to, say, Christopher Reeve. Because everybody says, you know, Christopher Reeve is my Superman. Everybody considers yes. Christopher Reeve as being the ultimate on-screen Superman. I would not hold that, though, against Henry Cavill, because I think he really does a good job. It's a different kind of Superman, but it's great. And uh, I think Tyler Eklund will do, a, will do a great job as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you've come to the right place with, uh, with the, I guess, the fandom for Henry Cavill, my co-host Connor L., He's a big fan of Henry Cavill, as am I, as well. And uh, you're doing yourself a little bit of an injustice there, Nick. Uh, you, you and I both know that we both were alive during the George Reeve uh, shows. Us being Zodonians, you know, we live a long and prosperous <laughs> life. We are, way, you know, we are powerful. We are, we are almighty. So we were there, of course. Yeah, I, re- I remember old George. Um, and and for listeners just wondering where Connor L is, uh, look. Uh, two Zordonians have taken over the show. All I can say is Connor's down a well somewhere. So, uh, so don't worry. He will he will scratch his way back up to the surface. I'm sure. But you're with the Zordonians, the, the true Kryptonians. I think it's safe to say, <laughs> Nick. Don't you think? Um, <laughs> now going back to what you were saying, of course, uh, Tyler Hoochlin. Uh Well, again, Connor and I uh, have made it no secret our thoughts on that. We we do. I do feel that he. Is a is a step down, unfortunately. Can I say um, uh, uh, than the other super super um, men that have come before him? Uh, I'll watch the show. I'll see how it goes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's portrayed because again, Connor and I weren't too happy with how he was portrayed, especially in Supergirl. Seems to be taking a a, a a step back, and for and understandably so. so. It's a Supergirl show, so she seems to be well. She is in the in the limelight, in the spotlight, um, but you know. You have a a legendary Kryptonian standing next to you, you know, in Superman. Um, but yeah, he always seems to kind of be a little bit, um, I guess, lesser powered and less lesser self assured than the Superman I'd be uh, more familiar with. So uh, mm. yeah. So anyway, so interested to to um, yeah to see that as well. And and maybe yeah, maybe we should tee up a 
I don't know, a time to, I don't even know. I haven't done any of my homework, listeners. I don't even know when it comes out. I think it's in January, February, you know. Yes, you know what, yep. you know what, Mr. COVID willing, that's when it should be coming yeah. out. I mean, you know, yes. but the thing is, there is, these days, dates are written in pencil and no longer in pen because of COVID, I think. You know, yes. case in point, just look at um, WandaVision, which we were supposed to get this year, which we're getting next year. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and I was really upset about that because I'm so looking, you know, to kind of, you know, kind of betray my slight alliance to the Marvel universe as well. <laughs> um, but I was really looking forward to One Division, and Me that's too. only going to be a, that's only going to be arriving next year, apparently. And not to mention, how many times has Black Widow been postponed? Oh my gosh. They are playing Russian roulette, pun intended, with us there, Nick, <laughs> with Black Widow. I'm I'm hanging out for it. I'm still interested. I don't know. I'm still interested. People might say, look, it's it's to the detriment of it because people will lose interest. I'm still very keen. I'd I'd see it on uh, VOD or I'd see it in the cinemas. Um, we're lucky enough over here, and there's a mud ball mud ball down under to to be able to go to the cinemas still. So, um, I'd I'd see it either actually. Um, yeah. I'm actually curious because we we are getting a wonderful Christmas present that is Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman yeah. 1984. Mm-hmm. The question is, in when it comes to, I'm actually curious when it comes to your part of uh, of of terror, if you will. Um, what are, are you are you guys going to be getting it in the cinema or will you be getting it on TV as well? Um, I think I saw someone. Uh, I think I saw someone post up on Facebook from Australia saying that it it has been. Um, confirmed in at least our capital um, which is Canberra mm. um, so if it's in Canberra it will be in Sydney I'm sure so I, I think we will be getting it in the cinemas um, I, I wouldn't mind watching it either or both to be honest um, if, if I, I might go to the cinemas first if I love it then I might go watch it again at home and I have, I have to say it's a very superficial comment on my part folks but you know who wouldn't want to find Gal Gadot under the tree let's be honest exactly. you know, us hot-blooded men and possibly even some women I'm sure oh, who wouldn't sure. be happy to find Gal Gadot under the, under the tree uh, exactly <laughs> when, when you said a nice little Christmas gift um, and you mentioned Wonder Woman I got all excited there I won't, I won't lie to you there uh, yeah Gal Gadot is very um, yeah she's, she's a fantastic Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I really, I really can't wait for that movie actually because because of uh, gosh, what's her name? Uh, Wig, is it Catherine yep. Wig? Is mm-hmm. that her first name? Yeah, um, playing playing Cheetah. Um, yes, that's right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. She'd be good. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a like a if I can call it a serious role, a non comedic role, but I think she'd be able to pull it off. Um, and from the trailer, because I've seen the trailer, uh, the extended trailer. You see a bit of her there, and uh, it, it looks pretty good. I, I'm all all systems go for me. Well, Patty Jenkins is a fantastic director. We saw mm. that in the first Wonder Woman. I think it's one of the better uh, DC Universe films, which have been a little bit lackluster, a lot of people feel. Um, I mean, I have a soft spot for Man of Steel, even though it probably could have been a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Batman v Superman, we know... Is a is just a conversation piece in all of its own, yeah. but uh, you know, Had, on the tail, on the tail, and Aquaman, Shazam, yes. and Wonder Woman were actually really good. Okay, I've seen Shazam and Wonder Woman, and I I thought they were really strong. I I missed out on Aquaman. I'm a little. Uh, Shall I say salty? Uh, not salty, <laughs> but like only because I'm a big Namor fan um, in Marvel. So I uh, tend he's to. Your, he's your king of Atlantis. Yeah, he's my king of Atlantis. So I, I mean, it's 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 pretty 
prejudiced of me, um, but, but I steer clear of Aquaman because I just want to be loyal to, to Namor. But um, yeah, no, they were very strong. I, I would have to say. I was going to ask, did you watch the the ultimate? Is it the ultimate edition of, of BVS or whatever it was called? Ah, uh, yes, the, the so-called Snyder Cut. I yeah. have not seen. I have not seen it just yet, and I'm okay. very, very. I'm, I'm in two minds about it because I know that Justice League itself. Should we say B? No, sorry, we're talking BVS. Yeah, BVS. BVS yeah, no, yeah. yes, I yes, I do own that on Blu-ray. I actually enjoyed it. You know what is interesting is yeah. the BVS extra, the the extended cut is way better than the theatrical. That's what everyone says. Yeah, because it fills in so many gaps. Okay. That's the thing. Granted, you know, it is a long movie. But then again, you know, if folks, if you can sit through Endgame and Infinity mm. War, you can sit through three hours plus of BVS as well. I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's, it just fills in so many, so many more gaps. Okay. And, I, but, yeah. But that's a problem. I, that's, I want, I'm, uh, yeah, because I was thinking, I was saying I'm in two minds when it comes to Justice League. That's going to be an uh, interesting one. Yeah. Uh, they're going to release it like as a as a weekly, like an hourly show or something, isn't it? Because like it's a massive amount of footage that that he's that, got. That's apparently. what I heard. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I wasn't. The only thing from Justice League that was a boon for me was finally seeing them all together, kind of, you know. Um, and actually, no, actually, the Superman versus all of them, I thought was pretty cool. Um, that's just, the best scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just put off by the. And they they opened with it. Henry Cavill and his computer generated upper lip. They opened with that, and it just put me off for the whole thing. Like you know, having read about it, and it looks terrible if I can say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, Justice League. Yeah, might might see it. I don't, we don't even have HBO Max. We don't, we don't even have something like that over here. Nick, right. so I don't know what we'll do. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, there's, um, yeah, have you also been, Have you? are you a fan of the animated films as well? Do you watch a lot of Superman? Oh, I love the DC animated stuff. Yeah. That's, the, that's the crazy thing is DC tends to do wonderful things when it comes to the animated mm. uh, shows because their movies are just fantastic. I mean, I'm a fan of Superman as much as I'm a Batman as well. And so I love, you know, obviously I was a huge fan of both Batman, the animated series and Superman, the animated series. I would even go further back and say I love the Fleischer cartoons, which were done for Superman, which were absolutely fantastic. Those are works of art. They're just beautiful, beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah. uh, when it comes. And, and, you know, funnily enough, uh, that was actually one of my first, um, should we say, general exposures to Superman, aside from the comics, was the Fleischer cartoons. Okay. And uh, I, I, they hold a very special place in my heart. And um, so, so, yeah, those, and funnily enough, uh, to go down the quick tangent here, Don McLean, of course, the, sing, the singer-songwriter for such hits as American Pie mm-hmm. and uh, Vincent and stuff, I actually had the honor and pleasure of sitting down with him for on whiskey and cigarettes, and he is a huge, huge Superman fan. And he oh. actually was a big, big fan of the Fleischer cartoons, and it was actually weird because I had him on and we were talking about his music, and he started to go down the Superman tangent. I was oh. like, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so but, cool. 
but yeah, to, to, to close that sort of digression there, the, the DC animated uh, films are great. I actually watched The Death of Superman, which I know has been done so many times, but it was done so well. And also Rise of the Superman, which recently came out, not to mention you have Red Sun, which is another great story. Mm. Uh, yeah, good, the yeah. DC animated stuff, I think, is actually kind of better than the movies they've done of late. Again, Aside from saving Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I really did enjoy that Shazam film, I've got to say. Right. Um, I thought it was great. It was a different, it was cut from a different cloth. You know, it was obviously aimed at a young, but it still, I think, maintained the um, uh, interest of many older audiences, um, you know, watching that. Uh, also, as well, I just wanted to point out, so you, you, you had the pleasure of speaking to, to Don McLean, right? Um, yep. That was great. So people would know him from, obviously, saving everyone from Nakatomi Plaza uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> as well, I just wanted to make that joke. Uh, and, and, uh, and crawling through ducks as well uh, yep. and shooting the glass. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, anyway, no, um, that's great. I mean, I do love the animated films as well. I think they're, they're good. They're, as, as you say, and I totally agree, I think they are a lot stronger. It seems DC has a, a firmer grasp of them. Admittedly, I haven't watched as many as, say, my, uh, my compatriots, um, my co-host who, you know, currently is not with us right now. May he rest in mm. peace. Uh, I mean, you know. He's on the right now. He's an amber alert. Yes, exactly. Uh, but we did watch, I think it was, what was it, Doomsday, I think? Um, uh, we, we did a watch, we did an audio commentary of that as well. I really enjoyed it. I mean, the quality was great. Far better than a lot of, dare I say, a lot of Marvel um, animated attempts. Those um, tend to be a little bit lackluster sometimes. I mean, yeah. look, the original Avengers TV show was actually good. I actually have gone it. back to watch yep. it. Yep. Because they take on all the major storylines. Is um, that Earth's Mightiest Heroes you're talking about? Correct, yes. Yes, yeah, that's fantastic. It, yeah. And also, you know, I guess Into the Spider-Verse was an incredible achievement. Oh, of but, course. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, yes, I think DC, like you said, has their grasp. I mean, they had they had such a huge hit with Batman the Animated Series, which is still, you know, mm. kind of like in the Olympus yes. of how a superhero animated show has to is done basically they they put down the almost like it's almost like moses coming down from from my <laughs> mount sinai saying this is how you do an animated superhero show and you know the superman the animated series was great and also i should add for folks i mean i know this is more of a niche market if you will i'm a huge fan of audiobooks as well and i really got mm-hmm. into graphic audio which basically is a group of folks who the, the, uh, their motto is a movie in your mind. And what they do is Ooh. they basically uh, tell a story. Obviously, it's dramatically done with various voice actors. It's like, you know, BBC used to do all these great kind of audio versions of, of movies and, and plays and stuff. And they actually did that with, uh, with both DC stuff and, and uh, Marvel stuff. And they did a the, uh, couple of stories for, for Superman. And it was fantastic. The the audio, the um, the, the voice talents are just amazing. So, folks, oh. everyone should check out Graphic Audio. Graphic Audio, I'm giving you a free plug here. So, I expect some free stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Graphic Audio is, is great as well for fans of audiobooks or audio uh, entertainment as well. Oh, fantastic. I, I too, will uh, promote Graphic Audio as well. Uh, just so... Uh... Let you know my address is no, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I oh, know that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I do like the audiobooks as well. I've gotten into um, just I, I love the well, actually, 
they're a little different from audio books. I'm talking about radio plays, audio dramas. I really do love mm-hmm. them as well. Um, but just been listening to, incidentally, just um, there it was one released on Stitcher called Marvels, um, and they, yeah. they actually retell the one of the early Fantastic Four um, um, arcs where the Silver Surfer comes and, and Galactus uh, invades Earth. Uh, but as told from the perspective you know, from street level, from, from just, like, from Ben Urich and, and all that. So it was, it's really cool. I, I really do enjoy it. They're, like, little 23, 24-minute snippets uh, of, of episodes, but the production quality is really good, and it's kind of like watching a movie, like, without eyes, you know? It, it's great. Yeah. Um, it's literally the, the movie in your mind thing. And, you know, yeah. you bring up a good point there, Ray, because you know what? Listeners, you might be hearing Ray on another podcast very soon <laughs> talking about the Fantastic Four and Galactus. I'm just putting that there. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. It, look, there's nothing, nothing if not cross-promotion. We love it here. <laughs> we love it here as well. Um, oh, I'm hearing a bit of, a bit of knocking from the, uh, from the trap door there. That might be Connor. Down, boy. There he goes. Okay. So <laughs> anyway. anyway, Nick, I think, um, look, Connor usually does... Uh, the news, any Superman news now? Look, I'm going to throw it to you because I am lazy as AF. <laughs> I haven't checked any Superman news as well. Look, I'm the the basket case to, to Connor's studious um, student. Uh, but, yeah, no no Superman news that I, I can foresee. Mm. Has anything happened over the last... No, not, nothing no. has really sort of broken on the interwebs of late. I mean, okay. aside from, obviously, this constant hyping of Justice League and, of course, yep. you know, the new Superman-themed TV show that we're getting. Yep. That's pretty much it. I mean, obviously, there have been rumours about the fact that Henry Cavill may or may not return to the yeah, role. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because, because that's still kind of up in the air. I mean, some... Depends who you talk to, I guess, because some folks say he will return. Others are like... They're already shopping around for a new actor. But mm-hmm. to my knowledge, I don't think there's sort of been any major breaking news when it comes to the uh, the Superman verse, if you will. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we will keep our close eyes on it. We actually are very fortunate, Nick, as well. We, um, we are... Uh, proud to say friends with uh, a few of other super superman fans online who are very vigilant when it comes to to breaking the news so um, i'm sure if anything will happen it will you know will pass by word of mouth or word of keyboard so to speak so uh, uh, yeah so but nothing at the moment so with that though fair listeners uh, i think it's time for a couple of zodonians to to fly off what do you reckon nick uh, we fly off to metropolis because we have a uh well actually I'll, i better give a little bit of an intro here we have a a new 52 issue that we've decided to do in connor's absence it will be superman 39 so uh looking forward to that uh, jeff johns john romita jr all that pizzazz we'll get into that a bit later um dj nick are you ready to fly off to metropolis yes indeedy I, I have I have visions now, Nick, of you and I in the garb, not dis, <laughs> not not dissimilar to Terence Stamp and you know the other Zodonians in in the Superman Christopher Reeve movie. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling that vibe? Yeah, I I'm certainly am. I hope our significant others are as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Up, 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 up. up and away. Hey.
Need a podcast talking about weird stuff? Well, then we've got just the thing for you. Into the Weird, a podcast chronicling the madness and magnificence of the mighty Marvel Bronze Age of comics. Featuring the voice talents of Mr. Billy Delicious. Hola. Mr. Herman Hellstrom Lowe. Hey there. And straight from the long box of darkness, his infernal majesty Dormammu. How are you? And many more. But wait a minute. You might be thinking, aren't all comics infused with a grain of weirdness? I mean, Reed Richards can stretch every single part of his body, right? And why did Ultron design the vision with working genitalia? Well, you would be correct, but Into the Weird isn't just any regular comic book show, folks. We focus on the really bizarre. Here are a few examples. A sword and sorcery barbarian grown spontaneously from a jar of peanut butter. A duck running for president of the United States. Benjamin Franklin playing hide the sausage with Doctor Strange's girlfriend, Clea. A giant-sized man-thing lamenting the death of a clown. A serial killer obsessed with killing only fools, dressed as cavalier with laser guns after witnessing a priest fornicating. And so much more. So if you like the wonderful weirdness of the Bronze Age from 1970 to 1985, and characters such as Ghost Rider, Morbius, The Defenders, Man-Thing, Son of Satan, Skull the Slayer, Kill Raven, Howard the Duck, and the weird granddaddy of them all, Dr. Stephen Strange, then this is the show for you. ITW's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and TuneIn. Hit subscribe and join us for a comic-filled jaunt into the weird. Yes, welcome back, fellow super listeners. You are listening to The Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. You are with two Zodonians, Ray from the House of Zod and I was presumptuous to think, Nick, but I'm hoping you're embracing this culture of being a Zodonian as well. Oh, very much so. I mean, I'm very, very proud of my Zodonian heritage indeed. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and as you would know, uh, if you'd heard the first half of the show, Connor L is not with us today. Uh, Nick, uh, you know when they say six feet under? Like, yes. It's a lot of work you realize there's a lot of work to actually dig six feet. That's all I'm saying. I'm a little bit exhausted. Not, not that it has anything to do with Connorell, I'm just saying. But anyway, Connor will be back <laughs> later on. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I have a feeling, Nick, I'm getting visions of us in a, um, how do I best describe it, in a, a, a hodgepodge carbuncle of a vehicle just careening down the road. Um, we've just got to find that destination we're almost there um, we'll we'll get there we'll get there with our Connor yes. um but we'll we'll get there with style i think uh, oh, yes. blasting the acdc of course uh yes yes um <laughs> uh so listeners again we are going to be looking at superman issue 39 it's from the new 52 uh written by jeff johns drawn by john romita junior inked by klaus jansen and I think it's lettered by... I'm just going off the cover here. Hi-Fi... Oh, hang on. Here we go. <laughs> it's pure professionalism here. Um, colorist Hi-Fi. Lettering by Sal Cipriano. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we have... Uh, I usually say the editor. 
Oh, I'll just go. I'll just go. The associate editor is easier to find. Eddie Baganza. So there you go. Uh, and what we'll do, what we usually do, listeners, uh, Nick, we will first mm-hmm. talk about a synopsis, which I had a look on Wiki is horrendously long. So I don't want to <laughs> have to go through it and like just read that out. So I think either. Mm, I mean, I could put it to you, Nick. You can either riff it. You can either give us a, a nice spiel um, on a summary of the of the issue. If not, I can easily do it myself. Um, are, are you willing to take this chance? I, I'm more than happy. I mean, it is your house, you know, so I don't want to <laughs> overstep my bounds, if you That's will. A, the house is odd. They all <laughs> kneel to us, Nick. Okay, any, anyway. Um, yeah, no, if, if you can, um, so... So uh, Nick from the House of Zod will will give us just a brief, I guess, summary of what this issue was about, uh, and then we'll just, um, I guess, we'll just go through it and just talk about points. We're gonna we're gonna freestyle it, you know, because we're yes, a couple... indeed, like 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 the good rappers we are. Folks. <laughs> exactly. a, 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 check out our SoundCloud album. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but uh, yeah, a little a little, a little reference there to Black Panther. But outside of that. Um, no, I, well, here we're coming, of course, off the aftermath of the previous issue where we found where they actually gave Superman an extra power, where apparently he can concentrate his heat vision to the point to where it almost supernovas, if you will, and it takes away all his powers for apparently a time to be defined, which we then find out is a day. And um, he is literally mortal in this episode. He, in this issue, pardon me. He literally hasn't, he's been stripped completely of his powers. He's a normal human being. And we had had the um, cliffhanger of him revealing to his dear friend Jimmy Olsen that Clark Kent and Superman were one and the same, which was, of course, something that had been uh, teased, you know, for throughout the history of Superman that Jimmy Olsen never knew of, of course, the, 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 this, uh, double identity if you will and here they obviously getting to uh, Jimmy Olsen is trying to come to grips with the fact that his best friend Clark is also his you know one of his dear friends Superman and we have of course this great sort of intimate conversation with the two and what it's like to be human and and thing and yeah, I think it really really it's a great issue I think it really uh, showcases what a great character Jimmy Olsen is as well and of course it's. It, I mean, I think it's very much. It's very much sort of a, an issue that that uh, focuses on the two of them, their relationship, and then of course, how the fact that Superman is willing to take a bullet, regardless of uh, of anything, because here of course we get the we get a very sort of a tense moment, which is one of the big big parts of this comic where we have a uh, a gunman, if you will, or a mugger or who is uh, being. Uh, who's in an alleyway and has a hostage, if I remember correctly. And, uh, and there, there's a kind of hostage negotiation going on between the uh, Metropolis PD and this, uh, and this, and this gunman. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, Clark is explaining, or Kalel is explaining to Jimmy that he doesn't have his powers anymore, that he, that he uh, is literally mortal. Jimmy at first gives him a wide berth, doesn't believe that it is really Superman standing before him. He's like, oh no, you're, you know, you're just kind of making this up and, and what have you. And then we have that moment where, as I said, this gunman is there in the alleyway. Superman walks forward towards the uh, towards the gunman, dressed in his, of course, to the nines in his Superman garb, and says, you know, kind of let the hostage go. And he find, and we know that if the gunman should shoot, Clark or Superman will die because he is no longer invulnerable to bullets. So there's obviously this big tense moment is what's going to happen? Is the guy going to buy it? Is he not going to buy it? Because obviously here, 
Superman is playing a dangerous game of psychology of everybody knows that Superman is impervious to bullets. So they'll probably just take it for what it is. And there is, of course, that hesitation between the two. And it shows, I think, what a great character Superman is at talking people down because he just tells him, you know, you know what's going to happen when you pull that trigger. The bullets will just bounce off me when we know that if, it, if, if the trigger is pulled, it could be a big problem. End of story, you know, to cut a long story short, the gunman surrenders and, uh, you know, happy, happy day. And, uh, and everybody and, uh, and everybody's just, you know, cheers for Superman. And we see that as we um, as the, the issue comes to a close, Superman begins to hover. And so we see that he that he gets his powers back. And then that's when obviously Jimmy finally embraces the fact that his best friend Clark is, in fact, none other than Superman. So it was a, it was a, a, a very fun issue, I think, for sure. Yeah, it was good. And and that last bit, as you mentioned, because uh, there was skepticism from Jimmy throughout, even though Clark slash Superman was, was out and out telling him, Look, I am, I am Superman. So I, I think I like that touch at the end with him hovering and it's kind of, and then that, that close-up of Jimmy saying, I knew it. Um, I think that was a good... Uh, that was a good bit of comic book uh, writing and visuals. Uh, taking it also a further back as well, what you mentioned, that big scene. I mean, that, this was a whole thing, wasn't it? It was a big standout scene of uh, Superman, powerless Superman, up against a guy with a gun. I mean, it could really have played out in a, in a terrible way, <laughs> you know. Um, so yep. as, you, as you mentioned, the um, summing up the guy... Um, doing the, the mind games with him, worked out to the better for Superman. I'd like to think that, I mean, when I was reading it, <clears throat> and I had a kind of, a, it was a bit of a deja vu for me because I, I spoke to Connorell um, afterwards and he assured me that there were no other stories with this kind of similar premise. It was just, he had told me of this story. And so I felt yep. very familiar with it when it happened. Um but yeah, it was a uh, it was a big risk, I think, uh, for Superman to have done that. Uh, the guy could have easily been, uh, you know, a bit of a loose cannon. Like, who wouldn't? Also, as well, I just want to put this to you, Nick, as well. If someone yeah. was in front of you and they are well known for being bulletproof and stuff, is there a little bit of you that would like to to just see those bullets bounce off them? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you know what? You yeah. never know because you could instinctively say, "This could be my lucky day that I actually am the guy who puts Superman down." Yeah. So yeah. it could have been, or like you said, in the heat of the moment, you know, itchy trigger finger, and exactly. your, your finger might just even slip, and yes. the, and the bullet just a straight a bullet just just uh, you know shoots off. So yep. there was that too, because you think, of course, <clears throat> that the uh, gunman himself might just be nervous, might not want to mm -hmm. shoot, but maybe his his finger is shaking and trigger goes off and, and no bullet is released. Yep. So there was that too. Uh, so, I, I mean, it was very well portrayed. I mean, I could feel at the time, I remember when I first read this issue, I did feel the tension because I said I to myself, well. we know yep. that Superman is not bulletproof right now. And so... I think it shows you also what the um, the core of Superman's character is. He is willing to sacrifice himself for the people if needs be. Mm. Which also brings me to another point, because here we were actually introduced to a new power from Superman, this solar flare, if you will. Yeah. Now, what did you... I actually wanted to throw the question over to you. Are you happy with the fact that technically now in canon... We have the fact that Superman can have this solar flare 
which is obviously incredibly powerful but renders him mortal. What did you think of that? Yeah, okay. Maybe there are more, um, more uh, I, I guess, passionate and dedicated Superman fans that would have a stronger opinion of, of that, Nick. But for me, mm. I, think it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a pretty cool... Um, th- and, and I am a bit of a skeptic when it comes to, I guess, when they do release new volumes of Superman. I mean, Marvel and DC are the worst of them anyway, where, where they just reset characters and stuff. So it, it, technically it is in canon, but hey, it could just easily be forgotten. So um, I, I like the power. I like this idea. I thought I did not expect that at the beginning. Um, you know, actually, I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect at all for this issue. This is the very first time that I've read this issue. Uh, I have no context of it whatsoever. I've never read any New 52 stuff, save for, I think, I think one issue. Um, mm-hmm. So I just came into this. You know, you and I had a conversation. Um, we were trying to come up with a, an issue to, to do for sure. this show. And uh, I don't know. And then I put it to you, thought, what, what would be good? And you mentioned some really good ones. Uh, the Death of Superman, Reign of Superman, and I think New 52. And I Correct. Thought, and I thought, oh, it's like, I've heard, you know, I've heard that New 52 kind of pushes the boundary a bit. I hope I'm right mm-hmm. in that way. So I thought, oh, I thought, yeah, let's, let's go for that. And um, anyway, and then I, I asked Connor, and he said, well, he picked one because um, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, I was I was lagging. I was lagging. Like, he's going, have you picked one yet? I go, oh, not yet. <laughs> I'm still going to have a look. <laughs> uh, then he goes, well, what about 39? Um, and, and any one is pretty good for me because I've not read any of them. So I said, yeah, sure, let's do 39. So then I, I posited it to you, and, and here we are. So, yeah, right. no context whatsoever. I love the idea of the solar flare. I think that's cool. Um, uh not so much if you're looking at it for him losing his powers because that makes him vulnerable, but as a storyteller, that can open up many doors, I think. so. Oh, yes. And then we also yeah. have a mystery character in this who is yeah, this Mr. Who was Oz. Yeah, who is ah, that? You know, okay, well, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> Mr. Oz is none other than Jarrell. Oh, okay, okay. The, the, the dude Because everybody, yeah. everybody thinks Jarrell is dead, obviously. And yeah. this will be a big reveal in things to come, but that is none other than than Superman's biological father, Jarrell. Okay, and can you? T- I mean, this is this run is long since old, so I, I think we're safe with spoilers. So he sends him a journal that it's blank. Yep. What what is that about? I, I'm just curious. Do well, you know? I mean, because. Because the thing is, then it, it's all revealed. That this is all the thing about you know the fact of how Jarrell escaped you know the destruction of krypton mm-hmm. and that is pretty much uh that's because you know what the odd thing is the journal is almost like kind of almost forgotten as things progress okay but apparently it's a whole thing about um you know krypton and Jarrell kind of uh you know recounting what would happen in the interim okay. after you know him leaving krypton and it is obviously a big storyline because you actually see this character of oz in other in New 52 comics, he's actually almost seen at the end of certain other uh, oh. character comics. And yes, and uh, basically when uh, Superman's son is, is around and about, we get the reveal that it is Jor-El. And he, you know, kind of takes his grandson under his wing and wants to take him, you know, a journey through the stars. And it's a very interesting reveal. I have to be honest. I know that a lot of folks were not happy with the fact that Jarrell was alive and well because they're like, 
-hmm. How could he have survived? You know, why did they have to do this? But yeah, it had, it had been teased for a long time okay. throughout the New 52 canon of this mysterious Mr. Oz. And yes, and we find that that's, that's him. And uh, and yes, you know, just put that context in because if you know if you you Ray are not familiar with what was going on in New Fifty Two, no, that was one of the big, oh, shall we say, uh, how could I put it, uh, post credit things that you would get like in a TV show where you right. know you like, cut to cut to a moment where you have this character in the darkness guy saying you foiled me this time I will get you back or whatever <laughs> it is and we don't know who that character is, but oh, yeah, so wow, we so, also, yeah, so yeah, he crossed all those. Um, the other books that's pretty cool I mean considering that he's a Superman uh, character that, that's really that's really good and it's weird though that you were saying uh, yeah yeah some fans may be up in arms but I mean seriously the moment that you said that as Jor-El and people saying oh how did he survive that the thing first thing I thought was like parallel realities or, or you know other dimensions I mean there are plenty of ways that you can have Jor-El come back unless this of course is meant to be the Jor-El from this reality, this universe, you know, that all that pizzazz, then that is a bit hard to, to figure out. But, yeah, I, I, you know, if that was revealed to me, it would be, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are comics, right? I mean, there, there would be um, plenty of explanations, I think. And not to mention, as we know, the big two uh, want to do reboots numerous yes, times. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, yeah. we then got another reboot with this as well, because then we got the Rebirth line in DC. So there you go. Oh, gosh, yeah, I can't keep up with it. I, seriously. And that, that actually, <laughs> it, yeah, seriously. I mean, I had to write it out. I think Connor had to explain to me about 27 times what this whole pre-crisis New 52 Rebirth thingamajigs is. I could not place... I said, so what, what is he now? Where, where, you know, what's in what canon, is... what's not in canon? I, mean, yeah, yeah. I have to actually almost say, and I know this is a Superman-themed uh, podcast, Marvel did it better Maybe. because they kept things in canon. They've rebooted stuff numerous times, yes. but they have kept so many things in canon, i.e. Right. we're going to start with a whole new range of number ones. I believe it was the Marvel Now line, mm -hmm. yep. which... Uh, all start with new number ones. However, everything that had happened previously was kept in canon. It wasn't forgotten. Mm. Whereas DC is like, no, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. This happened. This happened. Yeah. I mean, they they kept the fact that obviously Lois Lane was pregnant with Superman's baby that they kept. Mm -hmm. uh, they kept another couple of, should we say, key things. But characters who were dead mysteriously came back to life yeah uh or, or you know when it came i mean i'm a big fan also of the flash for example certain things and the flash were kind of like oh no you can throw that at the window that <laughs> yeah. that's why i actually appreciate marvel for being maybe more organized with mm -hmm. their can i understand you have a universe that's over 80 years old it's mm -hmm. hard to keep it straight yeah. but i would say in this case and uh, dc fans don't hate on me because i love these <laughs> but i think marvel did a cleaner made a cleaner breast of it if you will uh yeah i mean i've heard as well i mean from people that do love dc that uh that it does get a little bit messy with everything like and exactly as you as you've just described it it sounds as like yeah, you have to remember that this was kept that hasn't this was kept that hasn't and that it kind of gets a bit and and that kind of leads me into this thing with uh so this new 52 and jimmy olsen and you're saying and this is a good issue with jimmy in there this relationship yep. he has with with clark but again so again for me as a newbie this thing of him finding out or knowing about the secret identity. I've seen this theme recur over and over again in a lot of stories. So I kind of lose touch with 
Um, so here, obviously, Jimmy doesn't know, but he finds out at the end. But I know in other ones, what, doesn't Jimmy know? Um, I've read one where, uh, even in the Action 1000, I'm sure there's a story there somewhere uh, that kind of highlights how Jimmy knows that um, that he's Superman. Also as well, oh, the other one, uh, All-Star Superman. That's what I'm thinking of as well. Yeah. Jimmy knows True. as well. But again, that's a that's a separate, that's almost like an Elseworld thing, right? It's almost... That, that, is, that is correct. Yeah, because one of the big, should we say, storylines yeah. that ran throughout the Superman history was the fact that Jimmy Olsen was one of the few people in the room who did not know that Superman and Clark Kent were one and the same. Right. That's why obviously it was so, if you will, revolutionary. It's like, oh wow, they went there. They actually have Jimmy Olsen, super, you know, Jimmy Olsen, finally being yeah. told by Superman himself that he is one and the same. It's okay. kind of like it, the the curious thing was also in the New Fifty Two was that Superman and Lois Lane were not a couple, which was interesting. There's actually a, a okay. period where Superman was dating Wonder Woman. Which I think is actually, to, to be honest, one could say it's the perfect couple. They actually almost suited to be together. Yeah. Because of the fact that they are, you know, obviously Wonder Woman, you know, is, is Superman's equal in so many things. You know, mm. if she could fly, she would be... That's she know, flies Superman's... She flies now these days, doesn't she? Or yes. She, she has <laughs> flown before or something. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, you know, I miss Diana and her invisible plane, to be honest. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, that's just me, you know, as a, a, a hardcore fan of that. But yeah. they actually had a period in which Superman was dating Wonder Woman. And he was actually still, he was madly in love with Lois Lane, but she wouldn't give him the time of day. Ah. And um, and it, they just kind of broke that whole thing off. And there's actually a beautiful, beautiful piece of artwork where Superman is kissing Wonder Woman. And obviously they're, uh, they're way up in the air and it's a beautiful kind of embrace, passionate kiss. And I'm like... Everybody, a lot of people were celebrating because they're like, this is DC's power couple, literally. Mm, yeah. And on the other end, there were folks like, but Superman's always been a Lois Lane guy. Why did you mm -hmm. do this? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there were, they started off the, the New 52 stuff with Superman and Lois Lane not being a couple. Oh, which, as I said, you know, you know, you know comic book fans. Oh, I was about to say, that would have caused a lot of ripples, a lot of tidal waves in the, in the <laughs> fan community, I'd imagine. Wow. Yeah, and so wow. that was that was sort of a big deal about that. And but well, yeah, what are, your, what are your thought? What were your what are your thoughts then on the? On I was actually this? really, you know what? To be honest, yeah. I was actually I like this new spin because yeah. I'm I I love Wonder Woman, and as I said, I think they fit each other so well because Wonder mm. Woman understands Superman, if you will. I mean, I love Lois Lane. Don't get me wrong; I'm not a Lois Lane hater, yeah. but. It was nice to think to kind of spin this new tale. And that's why I think is all the beauty of comics is folks are like cussing up a storm when a reboot happens. But hey, look at it like it's a whole new chapter. It's a whole new universe. If you want to stick to what happened with Crisis on the Infinite Earths or, or whatever crisis happened, mm. you're welcome to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about the fact of interpretation. These characters are open to interpretation by whoever picks them up you know we looked at even for example lord of the rings mm -hmm. you have tolkien's lord of the rings and you have peter jackson's lord of the rings take yep. your pick i yes. think that's you don't have to love them all but <laughs> they're different universes like you said yeah uh, it's so funny that you mentioned that because um 
uh, you know, reminding me that we did have a conversation like this because it, it must be in my blood or on my mind or something because uh, one of the last uh, recent episodes I've released, uh, the Spider Woman episode I have, I think I go on a rant as well, as well about about this and and the comic book fans, so it must uh, must get under my skin. But yeah, um, no, for sure, exactly. Uh, something different. Um, if it's not your bread and butter, then you, you know if you like the older stuff or whatever, there's plenty of that stuff to kind of like look and, and reread. And uh, and what I said in the other um, show was. Uh, you know, these are creators. These are creators trying to trying to try to come up with something different. They're trying to, you know, flex their muscles a bit. So you've got to give them credit for trying for trying something. And whether it goes against what you think should happen to the character, like at the end of the day, they're they're the ones with the the keys to the car. So um, it's, yeah, it's like know. it's like the Adam West Batman from the sixties. Mm. Some folks do not want to recognize Adam West's Batman as being a Batman yeah. because they say obviously he's a spoof. It's uh, lampooning Batman and everything. Yeah. There are a lot of folks, to them, Adam West is their Batman. Yeah, exactly. He's my Batman. I think he's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's hey, how when Batman you should be. to see Batman, Batman dancing? I mean, let's talk <laughs> exactly. about the Batuts, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He is the one, you know, <laughs> any day. Um, but uh, taking it back, I guess, to this issue as well, I'm, I'm having a look at these panels uh, rightly, as you mentioned, you can really see it now. Uh, the, I guess, interaction between Lois and Clark here is pl- purely platonic. Uh, there's nothing really to give away. There's only a couple of couple of panels anyway to to show. So there's, um, I didn't realize that they weren't a couple, but they could easily have not been. Like you know, as you as you said, uh, and and the art. You were talking about the art. I wanted to get your take on the art of John Romita Jr. What do you think of this depiction of Superman and and everyone else? Well, I've been a big fan of John Romita Jr. He's, you know, both him and his dad were, uh, you know, his dad was a fantastic artist. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I think, oh, my God. And yeah. I think his son has done just as well. It's, mm. it's a different style. You know, I tend to be very picky with my art. The thing is this, I cannot draw to save my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm as... I as far my we my don't need concept, to we just conquer yeah, exactly my <laughs> you know I I can get as far as stick figures that's pretty much me so yeah. I always appreciate some great artwork I think this artwork is good it's not the best Superman art that I mean to me mm-hmm. some of the best Superman art that I've ever seen is Jim Lee when he draws okay. Superman and he is I love Jim Lee's art style he is just yeah. so clean and pristine and oh man this is good you know I don't think it's the top it's top-notch quality artwork it could some things could have done better but I like the style it's almost very manga-ish if you will yeah it, it almost reminds that. me a little bit of manga the way the characters are drawn mm-hmm. but uh, but it works it works for me I tend to maybe when it comes to because I dabble in manga here and there okay. so i I'm, I'm familiar with that artwork but when it comes to comics because obviously you know folks should obviously distinguish between manga and comics um i prefer my comics as in the american stuff to be more polished as in i'll jim lee mm-hmm. that's what that to me is what i love i mean i i love also the classic stuff you know when it comes to once again taking a page from marvel I love the Jack Kirby stuff, for example, which folks oh. might find a little bit clunky today. Yeah. But it was so revolutionary. Or Jim Steranko, or folks of this nature. Those were amazing. But 
Yeah, it yeah. works, I suppose. I, I just think it maybe could have been a little bit more polished. I mean, what about you? What did you think of the aesthetics? Yeah, I um, look, I, I'm a you know, I'm a fan, I guess, of John Romita Jr. I, I like a lot of his stuff as well. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, Connor L. and I did look at Superman Year One, which was ri- uh, drawn by John Romita Jr. as well and written by Frank Miller. Uh, and the art for that, he made Superman look really weird. Like, proportion-wise, it was very strange. Um, and so I wasn't a fan of that per se. Uh, this on a whole, this issue on a whole, is pretty good. Uh, there are a couple of, I think, awkward looks to Superman. I mean, there's actually there's actually only really one. I, I would say it's the one towards the end where he's he's levitating um it, it is a nice it is a nice full kind of page and stuff i don't know it just uh anatomically it just looks really weird in the fact that i'm being very picky here nick in being in, in the fact that uh, uh, he looks very top heavy so to speak um yeah his legs don't seem to have any muscles at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all the about bone. the barrel chest. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I think his faces aren't as successful as they can be. But there's certainly some very lovely art in in here as well. I mean, this this issue packs it full of stuff. Um, uh, and I like, say, for instance, the small touches like uh, Perry White, and uh, there's that. Um, shot of Steve Lombard, is that right? That's his name? Yeah. Steve Lombard. He's got a very particular face. Almost kind of looks to me like uh, Rip Torn. <laughs> you know that yes. actor? Yeah. Um, so gives a very distinct look in that in that sense. But no, I, I think the art was um, was good. It, it just it seemed to fall in. There were some areas which I, I which was noticeable. They were very little, but they were noticeable where they it seemed to be a little clunky for me. But um, yeah, uh, I think overall with the inks and the colours, I mean, even if you look at that solar flare with Superman kind of just bursting, um, I love that effect. Uh, very simply kind of done, but the colours really evoke something there. Um, and yeah, it's very vibrant colour-wise for sure. It is, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and if you look at the art, like if you really kind of look at it as well, um, there's enough detail with with a lot of the the backgrounds as well. Like sometimes artists kind of. I don't want to say they get lazy because again, I, I can't draw as well as much, uh, as well as these guys. Um, so you've got to give credit where credit's due. But you know, sometimes artists just leave the back just blank, and you, you leave it to the colorist to color it in. Um, there are a couple things here there, but mostly there's a, a sufficient amount of detail, I'd say, here to, to kind of make the make the the visuals pop. So um, I, I enjoy that. The the layouts to me though, um, again, it was quite dense. Uh, you don't get too many splash pages i'm just like flicking through right here now as well there's a there's a good one at the beginning uh i don't mind that splash page with superman and jimmy olsen is pretty good again the face of superman for me looks a little weird um yeah but uh for the most part you're looking at what six plus panels per per page so there's a lot of stuff in there um but yeah i think it's good I like that. The image of uh, of Superman and Jimmy Olsen atop of the building, I think, is really, really well done. Towards the end, where they're, yep, yep, and they're sharing a a drink or something. Um, Yeah. Yes. That's one of my favorite images, I think. From from this issue, I think that's probably one of the better ones. Where they're having that discussion atop of that building, I thought was actually one of the better ones. Yeah. Oh, no, me too. I'd agree as well. I mean, because again, I think the. 
uh, synergy between between the colours, the inks, and, and the pencils really come together. I mean, you look at the skyline, the horizon, it's coming like a deep sunset. Um, I love the purples and yellows there. Um, but also then what Romita Jr. does is really cool because uh, you get that, whether it's him or or, um, or Jeff Johns uh, writing it out, but that where it pans out, where they're sitting on the ledge, it pans out and you get the scale of where they're sitting because you get most of that that panel filled up with the building of the day of the mm-hmm. planet. Uh, it just really looks good. I don't know. Those sorts of like cinematic um, prompts, you know, with the with the panels, I think work really well. So it, yeah. it's the dialogue that I think is the strongest part of this issue. To be honest, the, the Jeff Johns has once again a fantastic job in that, and we know what a great guy he is when it comes to writing stories yes uh yeah i mean i one of my favorites i mean jeff johns has written so many incredible things i mean he's actually one of my favorites when it comes to green lantern for example i think his his green lantern run has still to be beaten uh right now the you know looking at current green lantern it's good but it's not great because i think johns kind of set the bar for yeah. how you do Green Lantern. Is it not is to it mention Grant Morrison? Yeah. Is he doing Green Lantern? Or? Grant Morrison is currently doing Green Lantern. Yep. Yeah. The thing is, he's lost his edge. I love oh, Grant okay. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite Grant Morrison things is what he used to what he did with the new X-Men. He did a fantastic right. job with the new X-Men. He's kind of lost his edge a little bit. That's oh, the problem, okay. is uh, with Green Lantern, it's just it's. I mean, I read it because obviously I'm a, I'm an avid Green Lantern fan, and also what he did, what he did on the uh, and such. But it's not the Green Lantern that that Johns gave us. He it was just because right. I mean, you think Jeff Johns has given us um, Green Lantern storylines like Blackest Night, mm-hmm. Rebirth, all these incredible the Sinestro Wars, so many great fantastic things. Uh, you know, Morrison is, is, is wonderful, but he, as I said, he's lost his edge. Okay. He was wonderful in Doom Patrol, obviously, you know, to bring up the Doom Patrol thing. But uh, also the fact, as I said, what he's done, what he did with the X-Men. That yeah. was fantastic. Here, not so much. I'm still kind of holding out and waiting for better Green Lantern days. Okay. But, you know, with, with these characters, it's, I mean, what, <clears throat> what, did you th- what do you think? Are you a fan of Morrison's? Oh well, I again only from what I've read from Superman, and and I am a big fan of the All Star Superman run. Um, Connor and I just recently had done that. Uh, we did, um, uh, oh my gosh, multiple episodes dedicated to to all twelve parts. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we did. I think we did two two parts per episode, so say so like six episodes. Um, but I th- I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. I I love that sort of thing. Uh, then I I did read another Grant Morrison Superman issue, which I think Connor had done for a Halloween special, which I was not on, but I did send feedback. I read the issue, I, and I found that a little a little bit flat, to be honest. Um, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that good at all. Um, so I've only got a few to work off. Um, so I'd like to think more highly of Grant Morrison because of his All Star run. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting to hear that. Yeah, he, he may not be as good in this Green Lantern run that you're saying. Uh, Jeff Johns, I, I've i only heard of his name. He seems to be, for me, synonymous with DC. Uh, and he, there's a reason why. I mean, he, he's a very solid story um, story writer. Uh, yeah. This issue was, was very... As you're saying, the dialogue was very good. Uh, nothing was really weighed down 
with a lot of you know unnecessary um, you know text. So it was all very good. I mean, the, the, there was a big thing here. I mean, I think it's. Oh, I'll leave it for the feedback. But um, you know, one of the things that he said, the thing he says about you know uh, about the bullets. You, you know, do you mm-hmm. think do you think I stand in front of you know whatever I stand in front of a gun because I have powers or something like that? You know, it was very it kind of resonated, really cool stuff. So yeah, Jeff Johns is a really really good writer, and I'd agree that this. Uh, I think the strength of this does lie in the writing, um, uh, but but the art is is able ably um, uh, there to to support it. Uh, it's not terrible. There have been certain comics that have great writers, and the art just kind of really ruins it. Um, I wouldn't say this is the case. No, no, not at all. And, you know, case in point, one of the worst ones I've ever seen is actually there was a run of Venom where, where the artwork was oh, awful. Sandoval? Was it that one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Sandoval, but yes. it was so bad but to where it got distracting. Yes. As in you couldn't focus on the story. Because, you know, yes. mediocre, shall we say, or lower tier artwork if it's, um, you know, you might not agree with it, but if it gets to the point where it's distracting you from the story, then mm. you know they, 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 uh, they, it was a major blunder. And Sandoval on Venom is a, is a very good example of that because yeah. I'm, a, you know, I, I mean, I hate to keep going to Marvel here, but, um, <laughs> but, but Venom, and I've, I've read Venom in all his, all the incarnations. Ah. And that and that artwork is so bad. I, mm. I actually showed folks examples of this. And like, is that Venom? I'm like, yup. And <laughs> it, I believe you me, it was a trial to to go through it because here it's not. You know, to go back to our issue here, mm. the artwork is not distracting. It doesn't no. distract you from the story. So it's good enough to hold up in that sense. But I think you know, as uh, it seems like we're both on the same. Uh, in this on the same page with this it's mm-hmm. the story and the dialogue that really drives this story home oh yeah yeah absolutely as well and, and again like i'm just kind of going through it as well like jeff john sets it up well by earlier on in the piece you have a powerless uh clark or a kal-el uh, and they're walking in the park and the guy there's a, a kid trying to get a kite uh and without any any thoughts uh, he goes and tries to save the kid, and he ends up kind of barreled and underneath him as well because he obviously hasn't got any superpowers, but he still goes through the act anyway because that's the sort of person he is without thought. I mean, I guess you could also argue the point as well. This is me being sceptic, Nick, as well. You could argue that this is like a um, a knee-jerk reaction, a force of habit, you know, because he has powers anyway. That is why mm-hmm. he, he will do it. But um, let's not take anything away from Kalel. I think it's because of his heroic nature, uh, and and similar, yep. we, we see that later on. So this is like a precursor. He does a little bit of a save without his powers, uh, and then later on we see with the mugger uh, that he does the same thing, but it, it, a lot more at stake with with the gun. Uh, mind you, Nick, did you think do you think there was a bit of overkill? We had the um, Metropolis Police Department in like riot gear for this one guy um let me (laughs) let me just kind of re i'm going to try and quickly scan if the guy that was um that was with the gun to his head was he of any importance uh 
Not, not to my knowledge, you know, from what I can recall. No. As you say, it could, it was maybe a bit of an exaggerated reaction, unless there's like nothing going on in Metropolis no. aside from this guy, yeah. to where you have to deploy the the Metropolis PD in yes. full force for this one chat. Yeah, and you think to yourself, <laughs> either Metropolis has nothing going on right now, there's <laughs> nothing else major where you where you basically have all your entire piece. Yeah, that might have been a little bit over the top, but I <laughs> yeah. guess obviously it's for you know obviously dramatic effects exactly but but i will agree with you i can see you know why you know why your reaction might be like do we need all these people for this one guy yeah well i'm just rereading it now and someone bursts into perry's office and says that there's a gunman he tried to rob a store so it's just like a a typical i guess crim who tried to rob a store and um, and he's grabbed a hostage. So it's nothing like he's grabbed a diplomat or anything like that. I, th- I think it's just the store owner. Uh, so, yeah, pretty um, pretty strange. But, yeah, for dramatic effect as well. Um, I think Yeah, Nick, but, I mean, you know, if he'd held, like, an entire bank yes. or a store hostage with tons of people in it, I get that. Yes. I would, yeah, yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know, every human life is precious. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is... Here you have one gunman and one hostage. Yes. It seems a little bit excessive. I mean, what are you going to call next? Like the SWAT and the military? I mean, come yeah, on. yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it is uh, unnecessary. They could have, I'm not saying how they should do things, but I kind of am. I mean, you probably just even had just two beat cops just there, you, yeah. you know, with guns trained on the, the mugger. That would be well, one squad car, for example. Yeah, that would be enough. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe something got lost in translation in the script, or, or maybe John Romita Jr.'s uh, decided to, to, you know, take creative license and, and go with his own. But yeah, anyway, that, I found that an interesting thought. Anyway, um, Nick, we could we could talk about this forever. I, I'm, I think this is great. I'm enjoying enjoying it. But um, we've got a couple of bits of feedback. So sure. I don't know any other final points uh, for this issue. Uh, issue thirty nine. I really enjoyed it. I, I it's a good. I think you know even in a vacuum, it works as a good story. You know, not maybe necessarily knowing all the all the ins and outs of this run. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed it, and uh, it was great fun talking it, you know, discussing it with you, Ray. I am actually curious. Did this uh, issue make you want to read on? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I, I think you also touched upon it there as well. This is a really good. It can be seen as a nice one and done. It, it very much uh, rounds out a story here. There are the strong themes here, which are kind of addressed uh, quite well and, and, and very well written. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is good. Apart from, like, the... Is it Mr. Oz that you're saying? Mm-hmm. Jor-El? Apart from that... Okay, Jor-El, yep. Yeah, apart from the Jor-El kind of thread, um, which kind of leaves things in the air, apart from that, this was a pretty much a, a nice little one-shot. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd still read this. I'd read more. New 52. It's funny because, Nick, as well, I... Again, the, the, the scant things I have gleaned from new 52 isn't new 52 also where he he goes around in jeans and and the um t-shirts and stuff have i got that wrong we do we do get that too (laughs) okay yeah yeah so i find this this era quite interesting uh and and to even have this slightly different superman costume for me it seems a nice little variation um because he's got like a like a red lined collar now to it and there yep. seems to be a lot more kind of padding at the top or, you know, there's a lot more difference um, to to the blue. And, of course, 
Oh, I was about to say, but he does. There's that eternal debate about the trunks or not. Uh, it looks like he's what? He's got. He hasn't got any trunks on this. He's just got the blue. No, it seems to me like it's just you know, should we say the you know, I guess long johns or whatever you want to call yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you lie on that, Nick? Just before we wrap things up here, where um, do you are you are you offended that he is not wearing the the underwear on the outside? You know what? <laughs> it's it's a, you know I suppose as an Italian I should probably have a stronger opinion about fashion and aesthetics oh, yeah, and what not to mention coming from Milan the capital yes, of fashion. Jeez. But um I don't really mind to to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It looks good. I mean also I think you know for a modern era I think you kind of have to go with the times if you will mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think it, it, it works for me i mean the, the the aesthetics of the costume didn't really bother me okay. as i said maybe the the artwork itself you know and it seems like you were kind of in this uh, in this ballpark as well yeah. could be a little bit weird when it came to the anatomical yes. side of uh, the way superman was portrayed but no i don't really have much of a problem i mean you know loving superman in all, in all his incarnations be it George Reeves with the, you know, maybe the, the exaggerated kind of S on the chest. Cause a lot of people also have problems with the S. Yes. Oh yeah. That's another the way that it's shown. Yep. Yep. You know, either just a triangle or just the one S, which obviously at the time it was just the S. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm cool with it. I didn't really have any sort of strong feelings. I mean, did you? Did, did you? Were you like, uh, why is he wearing the trunks? <laughs> no, no, I don't. In my, uh, uh, my very, yeah, very limited, exposure to superman i guess i haven't uh i haven't formed that opinion yet um i I do like the red trunks i think they're pretty cool Uh, and i don't think i mean i do understand why they probably got rid of it and trying to modernize it and and like this instance this uh outfit for instance i think is pretty cool with the the extra little detail around details around the shoulders and around the top of the hand uh he's even got a red belt now which is different from his yellow belt if you look at the classic so uh, i kind of like this one um yeah. But yeah, I could go either. I mean, red trunks on the outside, if no red trunks, uh, they still look pretty, still looks pretty cool. As long as he's got the big S and there's red and blue and he's got a cake, a cape and a cake, why not? That is Superman. Who doesn't want a Superman cake, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, for me, that's Superman. And he's, you know, I don't know, he's got, got black hair. He looks, he, he looks like Superman. Come on. Let's not nitpick. Are we going to start nip, nitpicking about, you know, which side of the, the head is his part? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Because um, folks might say he doesn't have the spit curl anymore, and people oh, want that the spit as well. curl. No, that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so based on all of this, Nick, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, what would you give this out of ten? Out of let's say, oh God, what what we out of solar flares? What would you give this? I'm gonna give this actually seven and a half out of ten solar flares. Oh, nice one. Yeah, very a very worthy score. I'd give this a good 7 out of 10 um, solar flares. I, I did enjoy this. Um, I'm not sure if all of the New 52 books are like this, but uh, this was certainly well written. I've I got to read more Jeff John stuff. I mean, the stuff that you mentioned sounds like gold, like Blackest Night I really want to get into. I want to get into more you, Green Lantern. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what? I would certainly suggest, Ray, if you are if you want to get more into the Jeff John's Green Lantern run, mm-hmm. Re- actually read the rebirth uh you know which is actually you know with the one story the how jordan story and then yeah definitely check out uh blackest nights and estro core i mean i could go on forever but uh um but yes <laughs> definitely check out jeff johns's uh run on green lantern and listeners out there if you haven't 
Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern and The Flash, I should add, yes. are some of the best ever. Well, I want to read the Mark Wade Flash because I heard that's really good. It, so, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I'm a big fan of Mark Wade as well. So um, he does some good stuff. Uh, some other stuff, you know, obviously not as good, but hey, you can't, you can't maintain that level the whole time. Um, but yeah, okay, excellent. I, I shall be looking forward uh, to that. I'll have to, I've got no problem. Nick of jumping on the bandwagon. I've got no, I've got no shame in doing that. And with the Green Lantern thing coming up soon, um, uh, I think it's a good time as any to to jump into some Green Lantern. Try to try to read. I'm looking forward to the DC. What is it? DC Infinite. Uh, how is it yes. over there in Italy? Are you going to get it as well, or what? What's the, have you got it? Have you got the DC Sad- Universe already? No. Sadly, it's not part of the uh, Italian market, unfortunately. Yeah, because same. For some reason, they think that Italians are not into this kind of stuff. So um, no. I know this is I know this is a podcast, but I've had to kind of go down some shady alleyways to get my DC bits. I'm just <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Folks well, can make what they want of that. Yeah, I, I think I know. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I think I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Uh, I I too am guilty of that. That's why we are Zodonians. That's why we we uh, we thrive in the Phantom Zone. Because we deserve yes. deserve mixing with these unsavory characters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, well, Nick. Before we go as well, we've just got a couple of bits of feedback. I just cool. want to read them out. Uh, first one uh, is. Hang on, let me just get the other one up there. There we go. First one is from Adam. Uh, we have a good friend of the show, Adam. Uh, he also is the the host of Adam Talking Superman. Uh, at Talking Superman on Twitter. He's got a massive following. Uh, really great guy. I'd love to have him on the show again. Anyway, Adam says, demonstrated to me why the new power worked. Uh, you think I only step in front of guns because I'm bulletproof is an all-time great line. And that was what I was alluding to as well. It is a good line. JRJR yep, um, Superman, never really my favorite, but nothing particularly offensive in this particular issue compared to others. Ooh, I'd like to know what the others are. Uh, great Jimmy material. So uh, thank you, Adam. Thank you so much for those uh, those words of, of feedback. Uh, Nick, I, I think he's on the same wavelength as us from, from yep. the sounds of it. Yeah, so, uh, so thank you, Adam. And now uh, Connor, Connor L. Uh, in his prison, in his cage that I put him in, has, uh, has sent me a message because I've forced him to, to give me some feedback. <laughs> anyway, uh, Connor says, and Connor actually, by the way, Nick, he says hello to you. Um, oh, well, thank you, Connor. I hope to someday uh, be able to talk to you as well. You know, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I I misread. It could be hello or help. I'm not too sure. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so anyway, Connor says, so I'll start off by saying I love this issue. It's a nice sentimental issue that actually pulls off a good balance perfectly, much to the credit of Jeff Johns, whom, while I hate Secret Origin, has written some spectacular Superman. One of my favorite New 52 arcs is his and Romita Jr.'s, which came just before this, Superman and the Men of Tomorrow. Are you familiar with that, Nick? Yes, indeed I am. It is great. Yeah, I forgot to actually... Name check that, but he's a fantastic, fantastic run. Oh, awesome stuff. Uh, People always complain about New 52 Superman, and when I point Mm -hmm. out an issue or a run, they will say, sure, that one time, but he was a jerk the rest of the time. Uh, So I I don't know how much of this rings true to you, Nick. Um, So Mm. I read all of New 52 to prove them wrong, and I did. 
but I'll get to that in some other episode. Anyway, back to this issue. One of the things I love about the New 52 is that Clark and Jimmy are two dudes in their early 20s, our best buddies, uh, our best buddies. Uh, Jim Olsen, Clark's best friend as opposed to Superman's. Fair enough. Uh, So it was pretty awesome to see that the one person who he revealed his secret to before everyone else found out was Jimmy, as opposed to the recent Bendis reveal where Lois just tells Jimmy without consulting Clark. That's where I was remembering it from as well. Yeah, Uh, Brian Bendis, another man who sadly I think has lost his touch. I'm sorry to say that. And I'm a huge fan of Bendis' Daredevil. Oh, me too. But but after that, uh, a lot of these... I mean, I know, and I said I'm expecting a lot of a lot of hate after this, but Ben, <laughs> this is another one who is kind of become a bit of a blunt blade these days because he was fantastic when it came to the the Daredevil stuff, and to me, he is still one of the best Daredevil writers. But oh, came over to DC and has kind of lost his edge a little bit. Yeah, he had a lot of really good runs as well. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, and he, even his Spider-Woman run, uh, was short run as it was, twelve, I think 12 yep. issues, was great. Um, so yeah, but I, I feel he's lost it as well. Uh, I me- uh, So continuing on from Connor, I mean, I'd be tempted to tell my best buddy before anyone else probably if ever I got powers. Fair enough, that's true. Uh, I won't go over the whole issue, but some moments I love are obviously the big ones, like Clark confronting the gunman that takes uh, Hootspa. Yet again, anyone who says Superman is nothing without his powers is wrong. Even if he's just an average Joe, he will still put his life on the line. I also like how he doesn't sugarcoat it. The guy is going to go to jail for a few years, uh, but he will still have the rest of his life ahead of him after. And of course, the ending where Jimmy asks Superman how it felt to be human, and he just responds, not as different as he thought. That's a good one as well. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, a nice, positive, and refreshing take on a powerless Superman for a day, and I didn't th- uh, think Ramita's art was fine. Uh, I didn't analyze it really since I was taken in so much by the issue. Even on a reread, I guess that's a credit to him. I much prefer his younger Superman to his older, although Year One was all over the place. That's true. As for Ray's question of who, oh, here we go. I think I think we've answered this already. As for Ray's question of who the weirdo in the cloak is, well, it's really really dumb. It's actually Jor-El. We actually covered the resolution to that plot when Jor-El was sent back to Krypton as he blew up off-screen in the Bendis issues we covered. Ah, okay, that's yep. yeah, that's getting me a bit <clears throat> confused. Yes, the current Superman is the same as Superman you just read. Ah, lovely retcons abound and merging of timelines, and he gets to lose his secret identity twice. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the issue. 8 out of 10 from Connor L. So, oh, wow. Yeah, thank you, Connor. That's uh, really good. Really, uh, yeah, very cool um, thoughts. And it, yeah, exactly, there was that one. I love that line about Superman saying that uh, being human for a day it wasn't as as different as he thought. Um, those little those little things are, are great little, I guess, thoughts that kind of stick with you when you read it. Yeah, because uh, I think folks who kind of maybe superficially say, you know, why would people be fans of Superman when he has all the powers? It's all about the fact that he is, it's the humanity that this character has. Because if if he wanted to, he could rule the world with Mm. with the powers that he has in the DC universe. And I think that's the thing, he doesn't want to. And it's the whole thing of Superman doesn't kill and what have you. He uses his powers for good. So it's, it's definitely the fact that he is more in touch with his human side. Yeah, Uh, for sure. I, I like that about him as well. Um, I mean, he, yeah. Oh, we could we could talk 
endlessly here, Nick, because there's so many questions I want to ask about your take on <laughs> Superman as well. Like, just the stuff like how he's been used as a villain a lot, you know, which I know gets up Connor's goat. Um, but this thing about him being true to heart and stuff, yeah, I think it's a great aspect to him. Uh, and the and again, coupled with how powerful he is, how, just how just how powerful he is in the DC universe, um, uh, makes it an even even more special thing of, of how he is as a person. But yeah, absolutely, I, I totally agree. Um, well, that I think will end this episode. A huge thank you, Nick, for coming on. It's been a blast. It's just like you know, I've I've had to check the the clock because I don't want to take up your time, but it's just been really easy to just chat and shoot the breeze with you <laughs> as always. So, a huge thank you. Well, hey, thank you so much, Ray. You know, I I, I enjoyed it. You know, as as you said, this could go on and on and on and on. And on. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I of course, uh, I, I as I said, I really enjoyed it. Look forward to to, to hopefully coming back and uh, looking forward to to having you, you know, uh, yes. back on on uh, on my podcast too. So uh, thank you again so much for the time. Oh, not a problem at all. And while we're at it as well, just one more time for the listeners, those podcasts that you're on, Nick, and where can they find you if they want to? Uh, chat Superman with you. Okay, so when it comes to me, I, as I mentioned before, I do host a whiskey and cigarettes show where we play traditional country, today's country, and everything else in between. If you'd like to check it out, at that out and see you know when and where we t- we uh, have our shows, you can visit our website. That's whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. Podcast wise, uh, I do also host the Happiness and Darkness podcast where we discuss superhero movies from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, and more. If you'd like to uh, join us and discuss your favorite superhero movie, you can shoot us an email at Happiness and Darkness how at gmail.com that's happiness and darkness how at gmail.com we're on facebook twitter and instagram also of course gold standard the oscars podcast where with good friends rachel friend and zan sprouse we're discussing all the movies that won the oscar for best picture from 1927's wings to present day if you'd like to get on in the conversation and discuss your favorite uh, best picture winner you can shoot us an email at goldstandoscars at gmail.com added to that i recently joined good friend charles skaggs on titan talk the titans podcast where we covered the second season of doom patrol and we're currently in the process of discussing the second season of the boys on the fandom zone podcast i think that's pretty much it where about you ray uh yeah so uh well i don't usually but i'll happily take uh a time here to shamelessly self-plug as well so you can also hear me listeners if you haven't already i am on the into the night the moon night podcast just check it out uh just type in itk moon night on twitter or instagram or just check it out on their facebook uh, page or group just by searching for Into the Night Moon Knight podcast. Uh, also, as well, a relatively new episode, uh, relatively new show. To know her is to fear her. A Spider Woman podcast. I'm having a ball of a time there with co-host Seren, uh, and we get to chat. We've been chatting with the creators Carla Pacheco and Pera Pere uh, on that, uh, and just been going through the latest run, Volume Seven, which is awesome. And also at the end of every month every last tuesday every month you can find me on the capes and lunatics sidekicks podcast i join hosts phil and matt uh for a scarlet spider centric episode in their ultimate spider cast uh so we we track ben riley's journey as he discovers you know, he's not a clone or he's a clone or he's not a clone. You know, they can't decide. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so 
check it all out. Uh, it's all in the show notes. Uh, I'd like to also mention as well, Happiness in Darkness as well, Nick, a, a proud member of the collective as are all of our other shows, um, as mentioned. Uh, so yeah, um, you can check, uh, check out just hashtag the collective net on Twitter. Um, and hopefully a few tweets will pop up all to do with the shows related to the collective and informal podcast network. Um, yes. Yeah, so next episode, I shall allow the House of L to return, only because I will allow it. Um, Nick would much prefer Zordonian's rule, as as always, of course. But yeah, of course. <laughs> but Connor will be returning next uh, next fortnight to uh, yeah to join back uh, with some healthy Superman discussions. Uh, keep a an eye out on our Facebook page and Twitter for all the details there. A big thank you once again, Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure. As always, um, Zordonians will rule the world, right? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Catch you later. Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.